0: It was a CNA, and she went and found me on the cancer floor, the razor, and the shaver and all that, and I took the rest of my hair that day. Like, I just rocked it.
1: Episode 2 in this five-part series picks up with Lauren Warden after her second brain procedure. She was still in pain and trying hard to find balance being a mom, wife, and patient all at the same time. She goes on to share how she eventually suffered a panic attack and how her doctor provided comfort when she needed it most. This is Gina DiPietro with Novant Health Healthy Headlines. In this episode, Josh Jarman catches up with Lauren at her very last preoperative appointment. Thanks for listening.
0: I wasn't getting any better. Um, the pain was getting pretty back up to where it was to begin with. So we had discussed our options and, you know, the option was to do another shunt revision, we talked about cranial expansion just a little bit, and then a lumbar shunt. I had decided to go with the lumbar shunt against his better judgment. Um, He didn't highly recommend them, they were very painful, which they were, I only have half of it now. And that was put in. I told him that I didn't want to do anything until after we took our kids to the beach. We took them to the beach in July, and we came back. Why was that important? It was important to let them be kids. To let them see, you know, we had been coming down here. They had been checked out of school. They were starting to get a little depressed. I had it. they couldn't do sports that year. So it was really important to me have a trip with them to do something as a family, just so if anything was to ever happen, they would have that memory. Um, So we came back, and made the appointment to come back down here, and we scheduled the lumbar shunt on October 29th of 2017. That one didn't go so great. Um, I was more freaked out about him going into my spine than my skull. And I don't know why, I just was so afraid that I wasn't gonna be able to walk. Um, So I started having, we had to be here at five o'clock in the morning, which I like to drive on the way down because I like to be in control of the situation and my husband drives too slow. (laughs) So we get here and immediately start having panic attacks. And I had panic attacks the whole way into surgery and even when we woke up. So after that surgery, they had to call J'Angelo up from the OR because I was hysterical. And, you know, he told me to lay down. He told them to bring me my medicine. And he sat there until I kind of went to sleep. And then he went back to the OR. And I saw a different side of him that I hadn't seen before. And it just kind of made me feel, okay, he does care. He does want what's best for me, because he asked me if I was ready to go home, and I told him no, and and that's when he said, then lay down, go get her medicine, and he stayed there until I stopped crying and went to sleep. And then the next day, he came up and he was like, you know, you ready to go home now? And I was like, yeah, can I go now? It was like a different day, different person. He was just more nurturing and calm and nice and sweet, because when I need him to be 100% real with me, he is. And then, when I need him to be nice, he is. So, on that surgery, I saw a different side. And so did my husband. And that brought a lot of comfort to us. And so then we came back and we did the pre op, the post op. They took the staples out. And I was having some, still some more difficulty with the pain. It was just like nothing was equalizing. Um, but there wasn't really anything else he could do for me. So and I was having a hard time being away overnight here, two hours away from my kids, versus you know, being 45 minutes away from my kids. So I left in October of 2017. We both agreed that we would wait to see each other for a little while. And so I went to Roanoke, which I didn't have a neurosurgeon for six months. I kind of just dealt with everything on my own. The pain and just sucked it up and now I'm back here and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else
1: what made you come back
0: um so I had had in Roanoke I had had two stents placed that and they wanted to put another one in and I just wasn't wanting to do that the stents didn't do anything for me in fact it caused more problems than it did to help and my thing was Okay, maybe we could do the cranial expansion. And that's why I came back.
1: What did he say that would involve?
0: So first, I would need to do the ICP bolt monitoring, which is where you're admitted into ICU, and you're fully conscious, awake, and they put a bolt in. And you're monitored for 36 to 48 hours. A bolt where? A bolt in your skull, like it's right at above your temple. Oh my god! Oh, I thought it was great. You enjoyed that? Um, I don't know <laughs> if I enjoyed it. It was just the only thing that I had remember going through. Wow. To me, it was interesting that he had, he had gave me two hundred bits of fentanyl, five milligrams of Versed, and i was still talking. And I was still talking to the nurses and I was watching my husband in the mirror in ICU and his face is just getting white. And I'm just like, you know, I said ow a couple times, but other than that, it was interesting. I didn't think it was interesting as the longer it was in though. So what's the purpose of it? The purpose of it is to monitor your pressure. So what it does is there's a monitor which is the op? you can't see it, your husband can't see it, only the nurses can see it. And they come in every hour and they ask you your pain. And if your pain does not level up with the pressure on the monitor, there's no point to do cranial expansion. So what was the overall plan? What does this (sighs) strategy do for you that the others didn't? So kinda it was to see if any more surgeries were going to be beneficiary. We came back around six o'clock the next day And he told me that he was sorry, and he told Richard he was sorry, that I had ran out of options and that cranial expansion was the best option to do. So what does that mean? So what that means is right now I have a tissue expander in, and it takes a very long time to be able to do this surgery. You have to have a plastic surgeon to put the tissue expander in, and then you go to the plastic surgeon until you're filled to the max, and then you schedule surgery. So, I mean, it's taken almost 12 weeks to get to next Tuesday for the final surgery. So since January 2nd, we have made almost 15 trips up here and back home. So this is all leading up to Today, we're at Medical Park doing this interview. Um, What's happening this afternoon? So I'm going to have pre-op today, Um, blood work, um, answer all those questions I've asked a 1,000 times, surgeries, and all those great questions that haven't changed. I'm not sure if I have to do an EKG today. Three years ago, I had to, so I can't remember if I have to today. It's very important that my kidney levels are checked. And that's really about it. And then after I leave here, I will go see Diane, um, which is Dr. D'Angelo's scheduler who I've gotten very close with. Is that the one you said's like a good luck charm for you? Yes, she is. Uh, She finds it funny when I told her that yesterday. But when you deal with the same people over three years, you form relationships with them. You get very close with them. Um, when we first came back to Winston-Salem, the first appointment was just me. And when I got my stitches out, um, when he put the bolt in, after he took it out, I had to come up here and get the stitches out, I had to bring the kids. They had to see Diane. And, you know, it's just, part of this is going to be a bittersweet moment. Um, you know, you've, you've got to know these people very well and then you have to say goodbye. So it's, it's going to be emotional as well to say goodbye. Have to say goodbye instead of get to say goodbye? Well, yeah, to me, once this chapter's over, it's over. It's time to finally move on and actually get to live what I haven't got to live. Um, we're planning a victory walk. Um, up Pilot Mountain. When I first got sick, we took the boys up there and it about killed me to walk around the mountain. So we're planning now, once the surgery's over, when we're going to do that. And they don't want to go just up, like where you can take pictures, they go around the whole mountain. So, you know, p- part of us, is it's ready to say goodbye to Winston-Salem and only have to come down here to shop which I like to shop here.
1: Hi, Gina DiPietro again. In the next episode, we'll hear from Lauren Warden's neurosurgeon, Dr. Rasha Janjua, at Novant Health Brain and Spine Surgery. Dr. Janjua shares how the two became close over the last years and details her very last procedure. For more expert advice, search Novant Health Healthy Headlines. Don't forget to rate us, review us, and subscribe to this and all the Novant Health podcasts anywhere you choose to listen. Until next time, thanks for listening.